Joy. And I am Grecia. And we are Basic, Basic Brown Nerds. Hi guys, welcome back to Basic Brown Nerds. This week we have our listener episode. And we're really excited to like answer some of your questions. We're gonna start, we really want to talk about this. We want to talk about Anthony Bourdain for just a few minutes before because at Basic Browners, we're like huge fan of his and Joy. I mean, you, your, your thing is travel, and one of his many things was travel, and it sucks. Like we Friday, we were both very, very sad. Yeah, like for me, Anthony Bourdain was just someone that I thought I knew, and I think a lot of us kind of yeah. felt that. You and know? we wanted to be him. Yeah, like he was going to adopt me one day. Um, I was gonna marry him, Joy was gonna get adopted by us. Yeah, essentially. And you know, he was gonna take me under his wing. I had this whole fantasy that one day we would just bump into each other, just super casually, on one of my travels, and talk about Malaysian food, and I'll be like, oh yeah, I just happened to be there two days after you, and you met my friend! Like, I was two degrees away from separation. So I was like, oh man, it's gonna happen. And like, I think anyone that knew me knew, like, how much I wanted to be him, how much he, like, inspired me to take my first yeah. trip, and I think, like, we even bonded over well, him. Well, <laughs> we, I feel like we both were people that received text messages about him because people knew that we loved him, and I think for me, um, I also love travel, but, like, I've been, you know, I'm undocumented, I've been here since I was 10 years old, and I think for me, he, he, like, let me love travel through him. Mm-hmm. Like, I was able to visit places through him, places that are on my list of places that I one day want to see. But, like, in the meantime, like, that was kind of how I traveled. You know what I mean? And then I also kind of had my own fantasy in which... I mean, you were going to marry him. Well, I was going <laughs> to marry him, but uh, my fantasy was that when I moved back to Mexico, he would visit me and we would talk about, like, immigration and, like, all this stuff and, like... Because, you know, he he wasn't just traveling, like, he, it, he was, and that's kind of weird. Like, yeah, he, I keep saying is, too. He, he was a world-class journalist. Like, yeah, he used exactly. food and travel to, you know, for himself to learn about other people, but also to teach us about other people. And I think for all of us people of color, like, a lot of us were really touched. Like, I saw it on Instagram. Um... And I think part of it was, you know, as immigrants in the U.S., like, he went to our home countries, and, like, he really, he brought a piece of our home to us on the TV, but I think also he showcased our homes in such, like, a beautiful and nuanced way for other people to see it, you know, Mm -hmm. like, people, like, I remember, like, he has that one episode where he goes to Colombia, and they talk about... You know how you know a lot of people when they think Colombia they also just think narcotics and drugs and you know he just like really shows the nuance of every country that he goes yeah. to and he also talks about like while we're here like yeah the U S fucked this up <laughs> like, yes I think that's the other thing he always made sure that he wasn't telling just his own perspective 
you know, like he wasn't imposing his views. And I think that's like why, how he influenced me a lot to just kind of be more open to people, but also like listen to what they have to say, which is, I mean, yes. I interrupt people a lot, but. And the other, <laughs> thing that, like... the other thing that we were, I mean, so, you know, we like to talk a lot about mental health. Mm-hmm. He died by suicide, which, you know, I really wasn't expecting it. I think. You know, I I heard it on the radio that a celebrity had passed away, and they were like, we'll come back with details. And I was like, F this. I'm going to look it up on Facebook. Facebook will tell me who died. And then I saw his face. And I think for me, I actually didn't automatically assume he had committed suicide. I was like, plane crash, freak accident. Like, you know, he's been, like, on a bike before where he's flipped and, like, gotten hurt and stuff like that. And then when I saw suicide, I don't know, like, He's talked about it, right? You were talking in one of his episodes. He was talking about therapy. Yeah. So I think, like, to me, I had, like, the opposite effect. Kind of, like, when it was, like, suicide. I was just, like, yeah. Like, I don't know. And I think it's as someone who, like, struggles with depression a lot. Like, it just made sense. Like, to me, I was, like, I get it. Yeah. And he struggled with substance abuse earlier in his life. I think that's, like, what I appreciated about him so much is that he was pretty, like, he was a real person, you know? Like, he was pretty blunt. Like, you know, he was, like, that lovable asshole. Like, and we're we're New Yorkers, right? So, like, I get that humor. Yes. And, like, I don't think I'm a nice person at all. And, like, you know, he just has that sense of humor that he, like, says it how it is. But, like, you know, you still respect him. And he also, like, he cares. And he cared about everything. But um, I think that's why, like, whenever he did mention, like, any of his own personal issues, he did it in that very, like, New Yorker humorous type of way. Yeah, like, every New Yorker has a therapist. Every New Yorker Yeah, like, you know, just you play so. it off as, like, a joke. Because yeah. that's how, like, you know, we just have that very, like, I don't know, como se dice, like, that sense of humor that's just very, like... The dark sense of humor? I, don't I know. guess, maybe, you know, it's just... Or we're very like, sarcastic. Yeah, yeah, you know, we're just kind of like, ah, oh, yeah, it fucking sucks, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just kind of, like, how we are, so I wasn't really surprised, but I, like, the instantly felt, like, that episode he had when he was in Argentina, and he was talking about how, like, you know, everyone's a psychologist in Argentina, and, like, they talk about, like, mental health a lot and everything, and he was like, okay, fine, I'll try this, like, let me go to a therapist. And he just, like, was talking, and you know he does the voice overlay mm-hmm. he was like that's pretty good like that was pretty cathartic like I've yeah. never tried this before and he was like oh like almost in his 50s at that point right mm-hmm. or I don't even know when that episode yeah. was but I just thought it was really interesting because I I mean I've been going to therapy for like three years now and <laughs> half our issues are not even solved yet I know like I'm just getting to my shit like I'm like oh okay let's see how to be a person kind of getting through all my trauma and now I'm like glad I become an adult yes. like um but yeah so I can't even like imagine going through all and he's talked about it like in his books I haven't really read any of his books mm-hmm. I just like watched like every episode he ever made yeah no I mean I've read things he's written that he has yeah, that one piece post. he has that one piece that he posted to his tumblr under the volcano where he talks about he basically talks about um cultural appropriation like people love our culture like he was talking about Mexicans in specific, like, you know, the U.S. loves our drugs, our labor, and our food, but they don't love Mexicans. And and they even love our country, that they love going to Mexico oh for vacation, it was just but they just so don't love Mexicans. And I kind of just, I mean, I we definitely, in the like, right now, we're just, like, talking very briefly about him because it just happened, right. because we're still, I feel like I'm still processing Every time I still see his face on someone's post, like, there's, like, a part of me that's, like... I was crying all of Friday. 
Yeah. Um, I checked out for the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think all weekend I keep thinking. I mean, I, I keep thinking about him just like in random moments and every time like I just get really emotional. But we want to, you know, we've talked about mental health, but we have not talked about suicide. And I think we do want to have um, an episode coming up about that. And then we want to try to have like a professional on with us. Mm-hmm. Like we don't want to just tackle the subject alone because... You know, obviously, it's a very touchy subject. It's a very heavy subject. But uh, we do definitely want to talk about it because, you know, within the community, uh, like, we were talking about suicide rates going up in Puerto Rico. We were talking about suicide rates. I mean, especially right now, this is Pride Month. Like, happy Pride Month also. Sorry. (laughs) Um, Right now, you know, like, within the LGBTQI plus community, like, um, just, like, people of color, like, it has, it's been going on for a long time, and so we do want to so talk about right it. So much right now in the media is, like, very triggering. Well, and they, they are talking about suicide, but they always talk about it in very general terms, like, they never break it down by race or by um, sexual orientation or, like, gender or uh, identity, like, they don't break it down by any of that, and I think right now, especially in the age of Trump, like, so many of us are triggered by a lot of different things happening and so um we definitely want to talk about that but we just we wanted to mention anthony bourdain before we started and you know we'll dedicate this episode to him we wish he had heard us but you know maybe thank you anthony for inspiring us in a way being part of this episode even yes or not even this whole thing Basi- um, yeah, definitely, like, and um, and I know what I did was because of him. Like, <laughs> yeah, we uh, I know so many of us. Like, I I think we're touched by him, and we saw the people that were like follow through the our basic brown nerds accounts. A lot of you were posting about it, so we definitely wanted to mention it. But now we're gonna do a segue to your questions. Um, this is like really exciting. This is fun for us. Yeah. Um, I have also, my little vino here. Yeah, we both have wine. <laughs> well, really, let's not play. We have Costco sangria. Okay, yeah, we're not that bougie yet. <laughs> Emphasis um, on the yet. No, 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 we are, we're bougie on a budget. I like that. <laughs> That's how we are. But, um, so let's start. We're gonna start with Hey Christina's question. Hey, girl. And her question is, how did y'all handle your first breakup? Joy, you want to tackle this one first? Okay. Um, all right. Hold up. Let me take a sip. It's going to be a deep sip. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, but, like, okay, What? when was your first relationship? Was, like, your first serious relationship your first relationship? So it was. Okay. And it was, like, my only relationship. Okay. Wait, no. I think I dated someone before. But, you know, that was, like, puppy love. Yeah, yeah, Like, yeah. a couple days. So, like, my first real relationship has actually been, like, my only real relationship. And you guys dated for how long? Like, I want to say almost four years. Well, I don't even remember. That's how bad it is. Um, Because (laughs) it was, like, five or six years ago. But maybe that's good that you don't remember. Yeah, I mean, I'm, like, not hurt by it anymore. (laughs) I'm just kind of like, it happened. It was a thing. But you were in college when you broke up. Yeah, so we were in college. We met in high school when I was 16. 
And then you guys went to the same college. And we went to college together. And I did not want to do that because everyone was like, oh my God, you guys, you're not going to have a life, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you're right. I don't want to follow a man to college because this is like, you know, before feminism. But I was like, you know, that little inner feminist in me, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so I was like, yeah, I don't want to. But well, before then, your feminism. Right, right, right. Not but, before you know, feminism in general. Yeah, before I like. It's been around. <laughs> yeah, I guess, I guess. <laughs> but it was before like I kind of was introduced to it formally you know so it's kind of just in me like I also didn't want to king say it. but anyway <laughs> the um so I ended up going to the same college because I got a really sweet scholarship like 80 mm-hmm. percent paid for so we went to college together and then I became obsessed like it was just like my center of my life like, obsessed with him you mean yeah like you know it was just kind of like I think that's because I've always seen like my mom be a certain way and like all the women in my family but um yeah so anyways so I broke up with him because I just wasn't feeling it I think I was just kind of like going through like what was expected of me mm-hmm. and I think we were even talking about this you kind of just mold to whoever you're dating so that was like me for like four-ish years Mm -hmm. so we broke up and I don't even remember how I do it how did I do it but I loved his family so much is really bad like I stayed friends with his mom and to the point that like I would just go hang out at their house because I was always (laughs) there and she was like like after a while she was like this is kind of weird like we we need to like break up break up oh my Um, god because her I think he said something because he was like no it's cool you can hang out with my mom um but really like I I loved hanging out with his mom so much um yeah that that was the breakup that really hurt his Uh, mom his mom like I was just like oh my god but how did you deal with it um I oh yeah how did I deal with it alcohol um <laughs> so do not do what I do just do like do, do it the right way do it the right way so I just um that kind of unleashed an era of hope um so that's kind of how I dealt with it I was in college I was in my senior year of college and I hadn't hold around I was a very good girl I did everything the right way and for like, a long time for a long time I planned to marry this guy like that was the point like mm-hmm. we were like oh we're gonna be dating we graduated college and we're gonna get married so I kind of just like unleashed the hoe out into the world and just like you know I was in a sorority so I had my party sorority sisters mm-hmm. so yeah and I kind of just would like hoe around every weekend and black out so um it was not healthy so <laughs> I don't know. It's, like, the opposite. Like, <laughs> so, I basically, like, my breakups in high school, um, I basically just read a lot of Eat, Pray, Love. Wow. I read Eat, Pray, Love, and then I was, like, I need to find myself. Like, I think for me, it's sort of the same every time. Like, whenever I'm single, like, I don't really look for other people to date. I'm more like, mm. let me just do me and be I mean, now I'm and do what that. I want to do. But I was, like, I grew up watching Oprah, and so, like, I was... Uh, I remember eating You Pray Love, and, like, it really got me through my breakup in high school. And then, like, I, I would say, like, my real hard breakup to get over was, you know, I have a daughter. It was, like, me and her dad broke up. Me and him, we met when we were 10. We started dating on and off when we were 15. And then we were together for three years. Um, and then, like, those last two years was were with Ileana. And so it was, like, really hard. We were engaged. Yeah. We lived together. We had a child. And then you we broke up. had a life together. Yeah. And so I actually kind of followed the same. So, like, I allowed myself to just, I moved out. I moved back home with my parents. I had a job I hated. I quit my job. 
And for one month, I like slept on my parents' couch and ate a lot of Doritos. And I also, <laughs> and but I only ate Doritos, so I lost like twenty pounds. I and also got skinny, but it was from blacking out a lot and throwing up. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, okay, you get one month to do this, and then you have to like start living your life again. And then I started like walking again, and I like like um watched a lot of TED talks and that's how I found out about like a bunch of different people and then I started learning about different things and then like so that's how I dealt with it like I started walking and running and hiking and TED talks that was healthy I know and then I just like I hadn't finished college at the time because you know when my daughter was born right before I graduated college and it took me like two years to finish that last 10% of my senior year. And thankfully, my advisors like worked with me so that I could only do that last 10%. So then after we broke up, like I finished it, I graduated and I got a job. And then, like I got a job at the company where I'm now. And like four years later, I'm an editor. Like, hey, so I'm really yeah. just like when I break up with people, I'm just like, I am going to make me into the best version of me and you're gonna miss me <laughs> it's like not, and it's not even like revenge body it's like just like revenge person revenge like, life i'm a whole new person <laughs> but yeah so that's that's kind of how i deal with breakups so like next breakup we'll see like i don't know i already did ted talks eat pray love we'll see what's next oh my like god i like did the most basic shit i was also 20 oh my god i need to get out there um, <laughs> Wait, so, i also got a tattoo oh i no, i had i had tattoos before my breakup actually. no i went wild i went the most basic ass stereotypical wild but sometimes you gotta do that. You know, I let it out, and now I'm calm. Like, now I'm just like, do I want to sleep? Do I want to go get laid? Do I want to watch Netflix? I pick Netflix. Most of the, me, too, me too. All right, we're going to move on to the next question. And it's from Humane Soul. And the question is, what advice do you have for those of us who are at a crossroads in life, trying to figure out their creative passions and how to hone in on them? So, me and Joy actually both read... Um, what's that book by Elizabeth Gilbert? We Big love Magic. Elizabeth. Big Magic. And she also has a podcast. And I think we both read it around, like, before I started my poetry blog and you started your travel, like, no, I read this, like, two months ago. Oh. I thought <laughs> you read this a while ago. Never mind then. But I read that and it made me want to, like, I did creative writing in college and then I never did it again. And then, like, I read her book and I was like, you know what? Like, I do need to do something. And then I was like, I'm going to start writing again. And I started a blog. Um, not thinking like people were gonna read it, but thinking like, okay, if I have like a blog, then I'll have to make sure I'm posting stuff to it, which makes me want to write. And so that's kind of, and I think actually right now I'm at a big crossroads in my life and I'm trying to figure out what to do. Like I have DACA and we don't know how long that's going to be around for. Like I, after it runs out, I don't know what I'm going to do. It runs out next year. And so... You know, I was dealing with a lot of stuff the past few years, and right now, like, coming out of my depression, I'm feeling good, I'm new in a good mood, new gracia, like, people are, like, who are, like, people that met me. And by people, she meets me. No, you, <laughs> but also, like, some of my coworkers that, like, met me, um, sort of, like, when I was very depressed, and, like, they see me now when I am, like, very, like, happy and have, like, a better mood, like, they, they are also, like, who are you, like, what are you doing? And so I um, I decided that I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know where I'm going to go. I'm not sure, like, what I want to do. Like, 
I, I was going to start a master's, but then the DACA thing happened, and I was like, I'm not going to start it if I don't even know if I'll be able to finish it. Because, you know, I'm like, what if I put all this money in paying for all these classes, I have no money saved, and then I have no DACA, and then I don't, I don't have money to do anything. So right now, basically, I said I'm going to live my life. Um, I was also afraid of dating because I was like, what if I have to leave? Like, what if I'm dating somebody that's going to make it harder? I basically decided I'm going to live my life. If I meet somebody, I meet somebody. If I don't, like, who knows? Maybe I won't even meet anybody over the next year. And I'm just, like, going with it. Like, yeah, I'm just, like, girl. open to the possibility of life. And, like, stuff are coming to me. Like, right now, I am going to be starting, like, a writing residency at a gallery. Yeah, That's in Rockland. 95 and a half Maine. We've been, like... Shout out to Katie. Yes. Um... And I don't, I have like, you know, like stuff, like fun stuff are happening with the podcast. Like, I don't know. I'm just like open to it and seeing what happens. Like, I think don't try to figure it out all at once. Just like kind of try to have fun with life. That's sort of my advice. Do you have any advice for you? You're listening to Basic Brown Nerds and we'll be right back. Hey, Basic Brown Nerds, this is Joy Valerie, and I have some really exciting news for you. We have launched our merch shop, so you can go to basicbrownnerds.com shop and rep the Basic Brown Nerd movement. And this is one of the ways that we can keep making high-quality content and bring you Season 3. Yup, we are bringing Season 3 in 2020. And know that when you go to our shop, you're not just supporting us. You are not just supporting the production of this. 100% of the profits goes back into Basic Brown Nerd so that we can bring you more episodes. But also because I want to make all of the ideas that I have a reality, events, and keep bringing you awesome content that every time you listen or see Basic Brown Nerds, you know that these are people just like you, that in this time where people are talking so much crap about us, that you know that our community is strong, powerful, resilient, that we make things out of nothing. And to be honest, that's how we started Basic Brown Nerds almost three years ago. We started in front of a computer and just trying to figure it out. So if you've been listening since then, thank you so much. And when you shop from Basic Browners, you're not just supporting this, you are supporting local business, local Guatemalan-owned business right here in New York. So thank you and feel free to reach out to us on social media at Basic Browners and also to me at Joy Valerie with two E's on Instagram and Twitter. I am low-key addicted to social media. That's literally my career. <laughs> I work in media. So I'm really excited to get to know you all, but also feel free to send me any opportunities, any ways to collaborate to keep making this bigger and keep Basic Brown Nerds going. So see you next decade in 2020. <laughs> Hey, are you a New York City basic brown nerd? Are you also an entrepreneur? Do you want to be surrounded with people just like you over brunch on June 1st? Yes? Well, I'll be on a panel for the executive brunch hosted by the People CPA with the goal to envision and execute surrounded by amazing young executives who are crushing the game. 
we'll be networking, enjoying gourmet meals, and an open bar. Yeah, you heard me, open bar. With gifts, giveaways, and an amazing time. So get your ticket and join me because I'll be dropping some gems alongside these panelists. Check the link in this episode description or go to bit.ly slash bbnbrunchnyc, all caps. See you there on June 1st. Um, so I did like that book and I think that was more of like recentering. Like I have the opposite problem. I kind of just start everything. So I, what's that phrase? I don't know. All these like white people phrases, the, like <laughs> the throwing the noodles at the wall and seeing what sticks. Okay. I've never heard that okay, before. Yeah. But so probably. anyway, so it's kind of like my approach. Um, but I think it's also kind of seeing like, you know, what is it that you want to do and not putting so much pressure onto it? Like, why is it that you want to do things? Um, and even I kind of will reassess every now and then, like even with my blog, like my travel blog, kind of just reassessing like, okay, what is it that I, where do I want to take this? Do I still want to keep doing it this way? Um, and like kind of centering back as to like, what is it that's going to get you to the next step. So for me, I needed like an outlet, right? Like kind of mm-hmm. when we both started our creative projects, it was like around winter, we were super depressed and we just like found de- other depressed people, I guess. Well, um, <laughs> I just want to say like, maybe also just find, find other creative people that you want to yes. work with. Yes. Yeah, that's true. I mean, they don't have to be depressed. They just have to be creative. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like you probably should all go get help and not find like the depressed people club. Um, I mean, it helps, but <laughs> to a point. Um, but I think for me, it was very much like having that type of accountability and like making it public. I was always like an avid blog reader as a child, not a child, whatever, younger, <laughs> young kid, as like a nerd on the internet. Um, and I always like had a little blog, but I never kept up with it. And I didn't make it public. And I actually work in like advertising and like the internet industry. So I think for me seeing like all of these like, basic ass white guys have all these things and be able to grow things i was just like our basic ass white girls sorry but yeah i mean seriously yes, i mean travel blogging yeah um <laughs> but yeah and i thought like okay i don't see anything like i can add to that and be that voice for myself that i had always wanted um so for me it was kind of just like something that i had always wanted to do and i was like you know what let me just do it yeah. um because i was like when are you ever gonna start these things like kind of with the podcast we were like let's just do it like we kept delaying it and thinking of like oh no things have to be perfect and I think that's one of the things working in startup too yeah just do it yeah like nothing's ever going to be perfect like most of the time you're always and I think that's the other thing like other people will critique you and be like well why don't you have it this way and it's like homie did you try to do this no (laughs) so go out there and just try just do it if it fails cool you learn at least you keep building like that's my approach on startup on creative projects on everything just try and reassess Um, all right but yeah so just do it and if you start something let us know and good luck uh we're gonna move to the next question and it's uh that's so fanny i think it's the name and so funny oh my god is that what it is i don't know or maybe her name is funny yeah, I don't but know. But I think it's like, that's so funny. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> Let us know what it is. <laughs> but also her question is about uh, being undocumented and dating and like, when do you tell the person that you're undocumented, right? So um, I'm going to take this one. Yeah, I don't And know. I guess I want to say like, I think when I was 
I think pre-DACA, I was much more afraid of telling people in general that I was undocumented. Um, I think post-DACA, like, I think whether you have DACA or whether you're, you don't and you're not and you don't have any type of, you know, work permit or anything, I think just, like, post-DACA, more people are aware of the situation. And I think it's, so I think, uh, I think that helps. Uh, as far as, like, you know, so I don't think, like, anyone should be ashamed of telling anyone. I think if you're dating someone and for some reason, like, you're afraid to tell them, then maybe they're not the right person for you to be dating. I mean, I don't date. Like, I just hate <laughs> meeting new people. So I can see how it can be scary to, like, sort of say that. And I, I, as far as, like, being undocumented for me doesn't feel weird anymore to mention it to people. I think sometimes... When it comes to online dating, what I find hard is telling people have a kid. Mm-hmm. So for me, I think in general, I'm the kind of person that I like to put those kinds of things about myself out from the very beginning. So that like, out. yeah, because then if you're not okay with it in some way, then like, I don't need to get to know you anymore. Like, mm-hmm. that's all I need to know. If like, if you're not okay with me having a kid, then bye. If you're not okay with the fact that I'm documented. Yo, or those that, texts take like five minutes of your yeah. life, you know? That's five minutes you go. I mean, like, if you're talking about school, if you're talking about work, like, I don't know your specific particular situation, but like, it might just somehow come up. Um, and I just, like, I don't know, I think just, you know, take it as it comes. Well, I mean, my ex I, I mean, was undocumented, we were both mm-hmm. undocumented, and I think because of that we both, like, understood that situation. Um, I mean, we, I don't, I don't have a path to citizenship at all. Like, even if I were to get married with someone, I have no path to citizenship. So I think... Right now, because I am, like, I am thinking of leaving the U.S. within the next few years because I don't know what's going to happen with DACA. Um, I, like, it's a thing that I would mention maybe once I know that we're getting a bit more serious only because I want to say, like, I think I may be leaving in the next few years because of this Mm -hmm. reason. And that's not a thing that they would care about until I'm a bit more serious. Right. You know? But I think other than that, just, like, if it comes up, like... I feel like also if you're dating other Latinos, like, like, growing up, like, I always know undocumented people. Like, I feel like it's just so It depends where you are. Then there's those bougie-ass ones that's like, why didn't you do it the wrong way? It's like, bitch, your mom just, Yeah, no, there's there's people that, there's Latinos (laughs) that have been here for a very long time, and, like, they don't have any undocumented people in the family, Mm, and they they do judge other people. So I would just say, like... Kind of read your audience, and if there's something yeah. off about him, then like I said, he's not need to be worth your time, or she, they, yeah. whatever, yes. are not yes, worth yes, your yes. time. Um, sorry, I just like only date men, and for some reason, I only assume no, these are men. Fine. But We're yes, We're un- this learning. happens, and no matter who you're dating, it can yeah, that can be the case. Trash. Like even you know, if within the white queer community, there are people that are racist and misogynistic. Oh, yeah. And people that may be against Trump, but they may be like, oh, yeah, but do keep the illegals out of here. I'm going to talk to those people. Anyway, <laughs> next question is from my coworker. Hi. From B. Um, and the question is, how do you deal with your parents? When How do you deal with the way your parents treat the men in your family as opposed to how to treat women in your family? And this is something... That I think. Oh my god! All Latinos. Yeah, rather. <laughs> Joy is gonna pour some more wine. Um, I think as as Latinas, we all deal with this, and we were just talking about this today, about how um, you know, your Mexican mom like 
as a woman, like, when you're hungry, they'll be like, oh, cook yourself something. And when it's your, like, brother, they'll be like, I mijito, ven pa' acá, like, come eat, look at what I have for you. And it's like, I, like, know people, like, I know men whose moms, like, like, well into their adulthood, <laughs> did their laundry, cooked their food, like, did, like, made their beds, cleaned their rooms, like, did everything for them. And then they're like, oh, it's like mi principito, and like. But that's not even Latino families. I mean, no, I mean, it happens yeah, in a lot of different other My ex families. didn't know how to do shit, because then I had to do it. And then I was like, and then I to a point that I was just like, no, 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 I'm going to teach you how to do this, because yeah. there's no way you're going to live through life but like this. The way that I deal with this is, um, Joy knows this. <laughs> I'm a very confrontational person when it comes to shit like this. <laughs> I will argue with everyone in my family. Like, I have this one aunt who's like, I, mija, I've been, like, when, when I, like, me and my daughter visit, she was like, I, let's make your uncle his cafecito and, like, let's put it together. And I'm like, I, I literally am like, she doesn't need to know how to serve a man. He can make his own coffee. And then they'll be like, oh, but, like, there's nothing wrong with her. Like, well, I'm like, no, no, no. She needs to know yeah. that if she does things like that, it's because she's being nice and not because she's supposed to. Right. And if he doesn't do it, it's because he's being dumb and doesn't know how to do it. Not and because she's a woman. Like it's, a, it's just because she's being nice. And honestly, at this point, people in my family only keep me around because they love my cute little daughter, but, like, they don't <laughs> want me. So that's kind of how I deal with it. I mean, if you're less confrontational than me, I don't I don't know what to tell you. And honestly, like, we don't have to put up with this. And, like, the other day I was having this conversation with my mom because my dad is, like, a very – he's one of those people that has, like, a short temper. And I was, like, telling her how that – you know, like, I love my father, but being around him gives me anxiety because, mm-hmm. like, whenever he talks to me, he just talks to me with that tone and I feel like – me va a regañar. And, like, I can't even, like, literally just being around him yeah. makes me feel on edge. And I was telling her this, and she's like, oh, pero, you know, like, that's your dad, and he was even like that with me. And I'm like, yeah, men have this thing, or, like, they're like, this is who I am, and you have to deal with it. And my and my thing is, actually, no one has to fucking deal with it. I don't have to deal with it. Like, I can love my dad, but I don't have to hang out with him if I don't want to. So I think I'm slightly less confrontational. <laughs> Although, as I'm getting older, that's changing because I just have running out of patience. Um, and I'm only 26. So, like, God knows what's going to happen when I'm 30. <laughs> yeah, well, I am a few years older than you, so maybe maybe you'll get there. Yeah, it just, you know, it just kind of, like, starts to deplete. Like, um, but anyways, I think... For me, I like to fuck with people just to make them think, too. So, like, my approach might be like, hey, like, why are you doing this to my brother instead? I'll be like, oh, porque es niño. ¿Y por qué es eso? And then just, like, kind of get people to <laughs> think and, like, kind of come to their own conclusions and start questioning on their own. Yeah, no, that's just like, for that. I, I, yeah, it also depends. Like, how much energy do I have for this? How am I going to meditate? What is it? Jedi mind trick, yeah. you know, kind of thing. Um, I think that's kind of my approach, um, but also just having, like, a discussion with my family. Um, also, we're all eight years apart, so there's, like, much more to that. Like, it's not just gender. Um, it's also age. Yeah. yeah, so, like, my sister is allowed to do a lot more than I was, and, you know, I was the goody two-shoes little girl, but and let listened to everyone and did everything I was supposed to, went to church, everything. Um, but, you know, here I am, fast forward, throwing F-bombs and hoeing around. Um, so my mom's like, I guess I will. Like, 
Let me but, rethink my strategy. Right. So, like, my sister kind of has, like, she's kind of let loose a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, and she has way more permissions because I guess my mom thought, like, oh, I held her back so much. Mm-hmm. She was like, no, I just kind of, you know, went with it. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to not <laughs> cause problems and then just do whatever the fuck I want. Yeah. Um, but my little brother definitely, like, me and him relate to each other a lot more because he is a very hyper kid and just, like, very intelligent. Um, but I think I definitely can see, like, my mom will do the whole serving, right? Like, mm-hmm. oh, we're going to serve him food. And, but he actually is um, a pretty feminist boy. That's um, good. Yeah, like. He will just make his own plate? Yeah, like, he, he'll be like, no, it's okay. And he'll, he'll, he's the one that questions things. Mm. So, and also, I kind of meant Jenna and mind trick him a little bit, you know? So, well, me and him good. will have discussions. Um, so, I think that's the other thing. I'll be like, well, why do you do that? Yeah, you could teach the men in your life. Right. So, I think that's, like, could be another approach. So, and yeah, you could still brainwash them. And I know <laughs> that, and I know that this question said family, but I do want to mention that this happens at work, too. At my job, oh. um, like, we have this one person that, like, loves to plan things, and is always planning birthday parties and stuff like that, and then when it was time for me to be her party like I feel like they kind of looked at me to be the next person to do it and I was like I don't like to plan (laughs) like it's not that I like wanted to not plan like do anything for this person's birthday but it was just like you're assuming that I want to do this because I'm a girl and I am sorry but I literally fucking hate planning anything joy knows this about me like I will say, Joy, tell me what you're doing and when, yeah. and then I'll show up if I can. Do anything, go through me. But when it comes, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but when it comes to like planning anything, like I cannot handle it. Like I get so stressed out. Mm-hmm. And to me, the way that I deal with not stressing out is by just not doing it. And so I just kind of <laughs> made it clear that like I get that normally girls are the ones that do all this planning stuff. But it's not going to happen with me. Also, like, speaking of work, I think the other thing is people think that because you're a woman, like, you know, I am in tech spaces. I've always been in, like, STEM. So I've usually been, like, one of the few women. And, like, I am not very emotional. Like, I'm, like I am empathetic, but, you're, you know. You're not emotional in, like, the, hi, cute little baby. Like, oh God, that kind babies. of, yeah, yeah. Um, but. <laughs> not in that way. <laughs> but, you know, like, the, like. I don't know what's that word. You know the person that you always go to and people are just like, tell me everything. Like the caretaker, the mom. Oh, yeah, yeah, thing. yeah. I'm bossy. That's very different. Yeah. Um, But people will come to me giving me their problems. Like, guys, and they're yeah. like, oh my God, I need help. And I'm just like, Care. Yeah, the same um, thing happens to me because I actually am a mom, and people will be like, "Oh, like you're like the mom," and I'm like, "Nope, I have one child, and you're not that person." <laughs> I am a mom, not your mom. I am not your mom. Yeah, actually. So let's move on to the next questions from Monica I Photos, who hey. was a guest like two episodes ago. So go listen to the episode if you haven't listened. But her question is okay. I'm gonna read the whole thing. All right, self care. What do you do to care of yourselves mentally? What are your goals in life, like career-wise? How do you deal with having white friends that don't necessarily understand what you're going through in this era? And how do you and how to not get them offended? Grecia, that's me. In regards to your writing, what inspires you the most, like people-wise and atmospheres for writing? Which are some of your social media influencers that you look up to and learn from the most? And favorite song ever to karaoke to? Lastly. Grecia will do Friday dance party with me, pretty please. Okay, I'm going to start with that last question. <laughs> Monica, I don't want to do a Friday dance party. I You're the only you. one that hasn't. I love you so much, but, like, I just, I don't want mm. to. I'm throwing her shade for you. And, and I guess, 
And I don't do anything I don't want to do. So, <laughs> love you, though. Yeah, she won't do it. I, I told mean, her to join my Fitbit challenge. I'll, it's so hard. <laughs> I don't want to. But, I mean, we need to, like, just dance in real life. But I just don't want to do it hard. Okay, fine. Fine. Anyway, <laughs> let's go back to self-care. Okay, she has a lot of questions. So, let's just try to, like, give her, like, quick answers to all of okay. them. Okay? Okay. So, what do you do for self-care? I don't do things I don't want to do. That's actually, that's a very big thing for me. And number two, like, I like, I need to be active. Otherwise, I go crazy if I don't, like, do some sort of exercise. Okay, Joy? Me? Um, I reach out to my friends. I have several group chats that I'm in. Hi, friends. I love you all. Um, just, like, check in. Um, two, I go to therapy weekly. So that's my biggest thing. I go, I let it all out, and I'm kind of reminded that I'm not, you know, entirely a psychopath. So <laughs> entirely. Also, I um avoiding group tasks is a form of self care for me. Yeah. I if I have left a group text that we're in, um, it's like I have nothing against you. I just like can't handle them. But anyway, next, what are your goals in life, like career? For me, like I said, I don't really know what I want to do right now. I know I'm a writer. I want to keep writing, but like I like the idea of having a different job than writing. And I don't know what that will be, but we'll find out. For me, um, I'm going to be an empress of <laughs> my own empire, which I have begun creating. Um, Your own digital media empire. Yes, my digital media empire, which y'all are a part of right now. <laughs> um, but, you know, I'm going to be like a benevolent empress, right? Uh, like, Joy just wants to roam her own taco. Essentially, yeah. So, you know, I plan on being a CEO and running my own company and working from wherever the fuck I want to work from. So that is my career yeah, That goal. is the one thing I do know I want. I want to be able to work from wherever I want and make my own schedule. I'm like halfway there. I just need to figure out how to make my own money. That's the next okay. goal. How do you deal with having white friends that don't necessarily understand what you're going through in this era and how do you not offend them? I don't worry about not offending these people. If they're offended by what I have to say, we don't have to be friends. And I did start avoiding certain people that I didn't feel comfortable with. And then I just started hanging out with people that I did. And um, here I am alive. So I think it worked. Yeah, I think for me, um, I made Latino friends. <laughs> Most all like almost all my friends were white, um, just because of the spaces that I've been in. So it was really hard because I didn't have many friends to relate to. And I kind of set out the intention. And that was actually one of the reasons I started, like, my creative project. Just to, like, connect with other people and, like, share my story. And that's mm -hmm. how I realized other people had similar stories. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, made friends. Like, connected with you. Connected with Monica. Hey, girl. Uh, <laughs> and other people. So that was kind of cool. But also, I think I did cut off a lot of my white friends. Because even when I tried to have, like discussions mm -hmm. and like in a you know like not debates I kind of realized they didn't see me as like equals to them or um, they just didn't think that your problems were valid enough which right and it's like oh it's not like a big problem I'm like but it affects me or or I would get oh my god so many times I was just like but you're not like those people you know or like you're not like those Latinas you're like different and I'm like that's not a compliment you know yeah. and and it's funny because I think like once I started hearing other people that had been said that I was like oh my god yes thank you I'm not crazy and you think that you're going crazy um but I think on the other side the people that like were willing to have conversations and like understanding 
um, are still some of what my best friends. And I think that's like the other side, you know, it kind of helps me. It kept us, it just kind of helped us figure out who our real friends are. And like, don't be afraid to like, you know, sometimes when you've been friends with, with certain people for a very long time, you're afraid to let go of them. But like, Mm -hmm. honestly, sometimes it's, you know, friendships are, I think that they're like, romantic relationships and sometimes it can be even harder to break up with relationship and but I say like you know sometimes like afterwards you'll feel better and it'll be fine that's true um and sometimes you know people go and they miss you and they realize the error of their ways and they come back because you know bitches always come crawling back hey girls um that come (laughs) back always but still I think that's another thing you know you have to definitely realize who your true friends are um and you know just have those conversations. And don't worry about offending white people. I don't. Not even at work. I, I don't worry about, like, now I don't. Well, oh, okay. that's thing. Well, okay. You may need to worry about it at work. Yeah, you need and, to get paid. And I am not <laughs> advising you to do it. I'm personally saying that I personally, I've been at my job long enough where I understand the atmosphere. Oh, and, I, and I'm very good at reading the room. And there are certain white people that I don't care. And I will say whatever. But, yeah. But we don't want you to get fired, so just... That's the other it. thing. I realized I had been toning down my Latino-ness for so long that then when people were like, oh my god, who are you? You're always speaking out. I'm like, this was me all along, you know? I just kind of filtered it, you know? I was code-switching mm-hmm. back and forth. Um, so I think, like, now... And I was even telling, like, one of my best friends who is white, um, I was just like, you know, you're, like, one of the only girls, like, in my sorority that, like, knows real me. Like, sees yes. ratchet me, you know? <laughs> Um, so I think that's like another thing. You kind of just find out who your real friends are. So yeah, girl, drop them or be real. Just be you. Be you. Exactly. And the last question is really directed to me and towards my writing. So what inspires me the most? So I like to write about the one thing that I can't get out of my head and that once I put it on paper, then it kind of helps me move on from it. So that's kind of like how I approach my writing. And atmosphere for writing I don't really need to be in any particular place to do it I think I need to be in a particular state of mind to do it so for me is when I am deep in a certain feeling I feel like that's when the best comes out because I think when I try to do it at a later time and I don't feel as strongly about it I don't even care about it as much and like the words just don't flow so I try to just like if I am feeling something a lot of it I try to just do it in that moment and what are some people that I look up to um I don't know I just like I follow a lot of different people on Instagram and I'm like I like reading their thing but I kind of like I'm afraid of like copying what other people are doing so I try to not get inspired by other people because what happens is that I don't say like oh look at what they're doing I want to do something like this in my head, I want to, like, duplicate it exactly. Mm-hmm. And then I'm just doing what they're doing. So I actually have to try to stay away what, away from what other people are doing and try to figure out what I want to do. I thought you were going to say some, like, Grecia-like answer that's like, nobody, I don't. Well, <laughs> it's true. I mean, it's not that people don't inspire I me. Don't I don't read other people. I don't follow them. <laughs> <laughs> no, I follow people. Come on. It's just, it's like, it's not that I don't need them. It's just like, I am, I think, I'm trying to figure out who I am as a writer. Mm-hmm. And I think, obviously, I have been 
inspired by a lot of people as a reader but I think when I'm like right now I'm just trying to figure out who I am and so I'm trying to not let other people influence me because we all influence each other yeah no that I mean it's a hundred percent not possible to do right but I just I'm trying (laughs) but shout out to Monica thank you for your question we are gonna stop right here and we're gonna come back next week with the rest of the listener questions if you have any questions or feedbacks or if you want to submit to your version of taking out the trash telling us about those trash men in your lives email us at basicbrownnerds at gmail.com go to patreon.com slash basicbrownnerds or you could donate directly to us at venmo at basicbrownnerds bye Thanks for listening to Basic Brown Nerds.